0: Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash The Regions branches are open by drive-thru or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank, member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast, the prequel for the Florida-Arkansas game. Um, and it's funny because uh, Robbie and I were just doing our Swampcast, and I brought this up again in there, and so I'm, I'm repeating something we've already put up on the web, but uh, it's important for Florida to take the Tom Petty approach to this game, which he had a great line in a, in a song of his called um, uh, Big Weekend, I think was the name of the song. But anyway, he said, it's, you know, it's okay to look back, but you best not stare. I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And that's the thing for this Florida football team. The key to winning this game is not to worry about the last game. You can't beat Georgia this week. And remember I was saying during the the early part of the season, you can't beat Georgia this week. There's only one Saturday where you can beat Georgia. One. And that's it. And you did it. And that's great. You can't beat them this week. You can't beat Alabama this week. You can't play for the SEC championship this week. What you have to do is you have to play Arkansas, you have to play them well and play and play at a high level, continue to improve, as, as Dan Mullen said, and win the game and move on to the next game. Look, we're in a world where we don't know if there's going to be a next game. We don't. We don't know. This could be it. Florida could go 5-1 and one and they'll declare them uh, SEC's champs and who knows if we'll even have an SEC title game. It, it, it with all the stuff that happened this week, I think we're all a little shell shocked, and we're all sitting back, going, "I don't know what's going to happen next." As far as we know, they're going to play the game Saturday. Obviously, this uh, alleged hurricane blew through here uh, quickly and uh, was a really no factor. So the skies will be blue, and uh, well, not blue because it'll be a night game, and it'll be a nice game, nice day night for a game. Supposed to be the weather's supposed to be really good. So. Florida just needs to go out and play at a high level. Not, I mean, again, like I talked about, you can't bring your B game. Like I said, if Georgia brings its B game like they did against Kentucky, they'll lose, and that's pretty much what they brought. They didn't bring their A game. Now, part of their A ga- lack of A game was the players that were hurt and the players that, as I said before, weren't very good and maybe even a little bit worse than I thought. It, what, there were guys that were not hurt and that were, are, are, were high, highly recruited that did not play well. So Florida brought a game, and, and, and that's what they have to do every week. I know that you look at the rest of the schedule and you go, man, I don't see how Florida's losing a game. Sure, they can lose a game. Anything's possible. It's college football. But what they can't do, or they're not allowed to do, is lose two games because that's the only way Georgia could get back to Atlanta. Um, you know, the commissioner – I thought the commissioner was going to be with the quarterback club the other night, but actually we talked to him uh, Wednesday. He's going to be on this coming week. Um, in fact, Steve Russell was on did a great job. We did a uh, – we had a teleconference that we always have with the SEC office and um, – or the SEC coaches. And at the end, Sankey came on and, and didn't say a ton – but the one thing he did say was um, that the uh, tiebreaker formula was at, on their website, which I, it would have been nice to have heard that before. But we, so I went and looked at it, and look, the bottom line is, I because I've gotten this question: if Florida loses a game and finishes seven and two, and Georgia finishes eight and two, and they get to play all their games, and we don't know if they will either, Florida would still go to the SEC championship game. It's head to head first. Now. If Florida doesn't play two games and ends up six and two, and Georgia goes eight and two, which I don't see happening, uh, that would be a totally different situation. But every everybody needs to relax, calm down. As long as Florida does their their job the rest of the way, wins these last five games, if those five games are played, and and like I've said, the finish line is out there, but you, there's no point looking at it. You can't see it; it's blurry. There's no question about it. Now, obviously for Florida, and again, you can only win one game Saturday night, and it's going to be against a team that has played its butts off. They're they're not overly talented. If you look at their stats, they're not impressive. I think they're eighth in offense or ninth in offense, eighth in defense, lead the SEC in picks. They're not a great team. Felipe's having a nice year, but not anywhere near the year Kyle Trask is having. Florida still has an edge at quarterback. Um, and it is it is kind of funny when you think about it that Felipe's injury against Kentucky last year, what that has meant for for him and for Kyle Trask, they couldn't be happier. Both of them are in, in the perfect spots. You know, the expectations aren't – Let's face it. Arkansas is three and three, and people love Sam Pittman. They love Felipe Franks. They're three and three. Now they should have won one other game. Bad, bad officiating. They should be four and two. But they have been in every game. They play. They're they're a good team. They play hard. They're plucky. They are a team that plays above their skill level, and they've got some good players. There's no doubt about it. You know, they get some good receivers. the tailbacks have not really gotten going this year. Um, but they're they're talented guys. They've been they've been good in the past. So the big key for Florida is how they react to the hangover. Hangovers are key. Hangovers are important in life and in football. I'm gonna tell you why, right after we take our first break here on the Duly Noted Podcast. <music> Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. Seems like with everything that's going on in the world today, we all just need a moment to chill out. There's only one beer that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Over the last few months, we've gone from no sports anywhere to sports on television everywhere. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or any team. So whether you're watching the Gators, Crimson Tide, Fighting Irish, or Lawn Bowling Championship, crack open the mountain cold refreshment of a Coors Light. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, a perfect moment to unwind. Make sure your refrigerator is always stocked with plenty of Coors Light. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. So the next time life forces are coming at you hard, take a moment, stop and reset, and reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a Gator fan who believes that more convenience is better, join ViStar and bank any way you want. At a branch, on a mobile device or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. All loans subject to approval. Insured by NCUA. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. Yeah, so here's why hangovers are important in life. You know why they're important in life. You wake up with a headache. You know, you, know, you got cotton mouth. You feel like crap. You know, you have a hard time getting to work. Every, anybody just moves a chair and hurts your head. That's why they're important in life, but they're important in football too because teams have hangovers. They have them positively and negatively. You lose a, a big game, and we saw this two years ago. And ironically enough, it was after Florida lost to Georgia, and then they came back and they played Missouri, coached by Barry Odom, who's now the defensive coordinator at Arkansas and is the interim head coach for this game because Sam Pittman won't be here because of COVID. And Florida played like crap. That was one of the worst hangovers I've ever seen. Their heads were hurting. They were sweating. They they had no game. They didn't show up. They didn't want to be there. Now, you can have that after a loss. You can have it after a win, too. And we've seen this before. This is, what is a story that's going to get talked about and when game day um, does uh, its show Saturday. They are going to talk a lot about Notre Dame-Boston College from 93. Not that it has anything to do with anything, but they last time they beat a number one team, the next week they played Boston College and they blew it, lost, lost ended up not getting in the national championship game, let FSU in, I was devastated that day. Not because I liked Notre Dame, but for ob- other obvious reasons. Now, guess what? They get Boston College again. So you've got the you've got the good hangover and the bad hangover, but they're still the same hangover. You have hangovers after wins and hangovers after losses. But they still like the the worst hangovers are hangover 3 category and that's because the movie hangover 3 might be one of the worst movies ever made hangover two is mediocre hangover one is a great movie I love that movie so those hangovers you don't mind those hangovers are like yeah we're, we're hungover but we you know we're gonna we're gonna gut it out I've always said that there are three things to getting rid of a hangover winning is one of them winning again is one of them Cheeseburgers are are definitely a factor in that as well. I can't tell you the third one. Anyway, how does Florida come out and play? How seriously do they take this? I would think that Arkansas winning last week against Tennessee got their attention. I would think the fact that it's Felipe has their attention. The players have said, hey, we're looking forward to being able to hit him. We couldn't hit him when he was here. They love him. There's no doubt about him. Most of the players on that team really care about him, but not this sat, not on Saturday. They will after the game. There'll be text there probably have been texts before the game. But the bottom line is Florida just needs to go out and play at a high level. Dan Mullen needs a call to call, get another great game. Kyle Trask needs to continue his run. Is it going to be another four touchdown game? It doesn't have to be. And, in fact, Arkansas is not good against a run, so maybe Florida says, well, let's see if we can't run the ball on these guys all day and just turn this into a game where they never get on the field and we'll play we'll play the way Georgia wants to play and the way Missouri wanted to play against us and go out there and try to win this game 28-10. to I don't know. That's not Florida style. That's not Dan Mullen style. In fact, Andrea Adelson did a great piece um, on – the Spurrier-Mullen connection and how this is what Gator fans wanted. They wanted to go back to the Spurrier years. And I've always said, because we used to get calls on the radio about, I don't care if we um, are necessarily winning games. I just care that we're entertaining and we we throw the ball around and it's fun to watch. But that's not true, Gator fans. You know it's not true. You want to be entertaining and win. You had it. You had it for all those years with Spurrier and to a point with Mullen. I mean, I don't know that the 06 team was entertaining. The 08 team was pretty dang entertaining. 07 was entertaining. They just lost some games. But the key, the, the, the ultimate for Florida fans, even though the Meyer years they won two national titles in three years, which has never been done here and not, not been done many places. And I give them full credit, and those players and those coaches and, and Urban Meyer. But the ultimate were the, the Spurrier years. When you were throwing the ball all over the place, you're scoring 40, 50 points, and you're winning all these games. And you're in the national title hunt many years, didn't always get there, got there twice, won one. But they were in the hunt pretty much every year. That was the ultimate. And that's what Gator fans want to go back to. And they're back there now. With the, with the ball getting thrown all over the place, you know, guys having great – you know, you take away one thing, we'll go to another. For example, Georgia took away Kadarius Toney. Said, all right, we'll throw it to the running backs and the tight ends. How's that? Oh uh, Well, uh, wait a minute. We, we weren't counting on that. So the point to it all is that – I don't know that Florida will take the approach of they can't they can't stop the run, so we'll run it. They may just say, we're just gonna keep doing what we do and throw the ball. This is a team that intercepts a lot of passes. I think they've got twelve this year, which leads the SEC. But we'll see. Um we'll see what what Florida decides to do. And obviously, you're not gonna have a big crowd. You know, it's just gonna be the same kind of crowd. It's gonna be that way all year, um, so you're not gonna really have that big of a home field advantage. They do have to travel. Arkansas does, and I do think that's a, a big, a little bit of a factor. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know how big a factor it is, but it certainly is a factor. But it's gonna be kind of a weird deal because we look, most of you. There's some of you that have never seen Arkansas walk into this stadium because the last time they were here is in 2013. And uh, remember the 2009 game when when, uh, that Florida team that that was undefeated in the regular season but never seemed to be happy about it, never seemed to enjoy it, the fans weren't real happy, the players weren't happy, and they they beat Arkansas on a Caleb Sturgis field goal at the buzzer. And, of course, the last time Florida played Arkansas – they got embarrassed in Arkansas, and I never forget that game. It was like Luke Del Rio was hurt, and he was trying to throw the ball, hurt, and he threw a pick that was huge in that game. And it, it just weren't very. That team wasn't very good. Um, that was I'm, I'm, I don't have it right here, but I think that was uh, the next to last year of McIlwain. I don't think it was the last year. Might have been the last year. No, it was the next to last year. Yeah, uh, of of. McIlwain's tenure here. It was an embarrassing loss. I mean, they didn't. he got a bunch of guys hurt. Remember Anzalone got hurt in that game? So anyway, but Florida and Arkansas have only played 11 times in the history. Uh, probably the, the most memorable game was a loss for Florida when they uh, played in the Blue Bonnet Bowl. When they, Dwayne Dixon had an unbelievable game, and Gary Anderson, was, they couldn't stop him. It was a, I, I remember watching that game. It was a great game. But they haven't played a lot, so in that way it's going to be a little bit different. And then you've got a team coming in here. It's almost like you're bringing in a non-conference team, We you haven't played them so much, very much. Four times they've been to Gainesville. On the other hand, you've got this familiarity with Barry Odom. You've got the familiarity with Felipe Franks. Kendall Browles, their offensive coordinator. You've seen him before. He was in the Swamp just last year, less than a year ago, uh, as the, head, as the uh, offensive coordinator at FSU. Um, didn't you know? And they again, the the interesting thing about Kendall Browls at FSU is he and Taggart just did not get along. Um, what he wanted to do, Taggart didn't want to do, and they they didn't. It didn't work out. And he's doing a good job for them out at uh, Arkansas. But again, they're not a great offense. They're not a great offense. Felipe's a good, solid quarterback, but he's not anybody's Heisman watch. So the point being, go win the game. That's what you gotta do. Go win the game. That's all you, you know. It's, it's not a win by one game. I'm not gonna go that to that level. I think you gotta win by, you know, you would like to be have a comfortable win in this game. Florida's a big favorite. But I'll take win by one, because you know how I feel about win by one. Win by one matters. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette does a great job covering uh, Arkansas for them he'll give you a little bit more uh, about that team and uh, exactly what's going on with them and of course the fact that what the what what kind of a effect uh, an effect does Sam Pittman not being at the game instead he'll be in his guest house with his dog so we'll talk to him when we return you're listening to the duly noted podcast at gatorsports.com. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It's a great pleasure to be joined by Tom Murphy. does a great job covering Arkansas for the Democrat Gazette out there and, uh, Uh, I'm curious, Tom, what your opinion, because you know this team better than anybody, what your opinion is is how, like what percentage would you give Sam Pippen not being in Gainesville Saturday night, uh, how much that will affect the team?
1: Um, Well, thanks for the gracious introduction, Pat. And I would say uh, it, it does cause a little bit of a domino effect because Barry Odom, who will be handling the team, certainly has the experience and capability of running the team. He's been working in the press box. He likes to see opposing offenses, running personnel on and off the field, seeing the formations from the box. So he'll have to come down to the sideline, and a protege of his named Michael Shearer, who was a linebacker at Mizzou, uh, will now be in the box relaying. He'll be the eyes in the box relaying information. So it does create... And you know these players really respect and like Barry Odom too. They understand that his schemes and his his energy uh, and his plan has, has been a huge help in getting this team off the mat, getting the program off the mat. So they'll play hard for him. Um, you know they, they'll they know they'll understand the scheme and what they want to do on on Saturday. But it does have an impact, and Sam's just such a just such a. Uh, Soothing force on the sideline. Never gets super upset, just kind of paces around and does his thing. and So it'll be different. There's a percentage uh, drop-off, I'd say, but not not great.
0: Yeah, I also wonder, um, according to Sam yesterday on the conference call, nobody's tested positive. So um, I, I thought maybe because you had a head coach test positive that he may have been a spreader, but apparently he's, he's not been, at least according to what we're hearing.
1: Right. Uh, now, they do have guys in quarantine. They haven't said number. They haven't said position groups. Uh, if it's auxiliary personnel, assistant coaches, or players, they have not said. So I think it would be folly to think that that no players, uh, that every player on the roster will be at this, in the normal 70-man, would be at this game. I, I've got a feeling that there will be some who uh, will be out either due to tracing or or what have you I but I guess they haven't had positive tests I don't All think right. we can expect a full roster though
0: what uh I mean you and I know you talked to, to some of the coaches Wednesday on the conference call about this and it really is an interesting thing. When you look at the stats for Arkansas, it doesn't add up to a team that should be 4 and 2 as we all know. Uh but but I and it, and a team that's as you said gotten off the mat. They didn't win a game for 2 years under Chad Morris in the SEC. Uh wh- how are they doing it? What what has been the key to their success?
1: Yeah, I ended up writing the, my story for today on that topic. And it's this. When you have 15 takeaways all right, you've eliminated 15 opponent possessions. Um, they've had 12 interceptions, so their turnover margin is is strong. It's one point three three per game, so that helps. Um, so statistically, on offense, they're in the 80s in total offense, and they're in the 50s in total defense. That tells you mediocre to subpar team. Um, and their numbers aren't you know they're improved from last year, but they're not by leaps and bounds. Not a quantum leap. So um, They've done it through extra possessions. They've done it through, they had two fourth and one, well, fourth and goal stops on the one yard line against Ole Miss uh, at the end of drives in the first quarter and the third quarter in that game. Without those and the seven takeaways against Ole Miss, they probably lose the game. So um, not a super flashy team. And Felipe answered this question, too. Hey, you don't have to have flashy stats to win games. And as as Sam Pittman said, there's a lot of belief and there's a lot of energy. And then the takeaways, that has been uh, the solution to, to the mediocre stats.
0: You know, I wrote this for my Saturday column. Felipe, I think, Franks will be the only quarterback who's ever been booed by his fans and then booed coming onto the field as another uh, quarterback. Um, but, but, but in Arkansas, they I, I'm sure that they're very uh, affectionate towards him. They probably love him. And Sam talked about it yesterday, how nobody's nobody's got a problem with him here.
1: Absolutely. He's uh, been embraced by his team and the fans, the state. Um, look, he's a big upgrade over where they were at quarterback. Although you've seen Nick Starkle go out to San Jose State and have success out there. He yeah, was a national player of the week a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So it's it tells you something about the coaching staff here not being able to maximize the quarterback talent. But Kendall Brave's done a good job. I think Felipe's matured a lot. Uh we got to talk to him this week about you know, he had some issues at Florida with the booing and, you know, reacting to fans. And uh, I just think he's in a different place now. I talked to his mom, Ginger. He says he's super happy out here. He likes to go. He likes to help people. So there hasn't been a ton of negativity here. Um, he's helped lead a team to some wins that no one thought possible. Vegas Vegas line was 1.5 wins for Razorbacks. They've already doubled that six games in. Uh, he, he, has, um, he has held on to the ball a little bit. Too often in games, and uh, that's been one of the few knocks on him. Uh, he's been a good runner, but man, sometimes he stumbles around, and when he tries <laughs> to make a cut, he slips. Uh, but man, the Razorback fans are just embracing what he's meant to this team. No doubt about that.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the difference too. You, if if he goes five and five as a quarterback at Arkansas, they may they may put a statue up. You go five <laughs> and five here, and everybody's booing you and wants you out. I mean. Um, but, but, again, that's because, part of it is because they went through the end of Brett Belamo, which was not good, as you know, and then Chad Morris was not good, and now they're just happy to, to be competitive in games. It's a totally dip- different atmosphere, probably about the best atmosphere Felipe could have gone to.
1: I think so. Um, and knowing that he'd had a, have a real good shot at winning the starting quarterback job. There's a couple of protégés. One's a redshirt freshman. One's a true freshman who are both dual-threat guys. And that's what Arkansas lacked prior to Felipe arriving here, is guys who you knew could punish you with their legs. Uh, And, and, you know, Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle and you know Ty Story, it turns out, at Western Kentucky could hurt you a little with his legs, but they just did not get that out of him. And Felipe's certainly done that. Um, Through three games, they didn't have a great rushing attack, but the last three games they've averaged 190 on the ground. Felipe had 91 of those rushing yards against Texas A&M. Um, it's, it's certainly improved their total offense numbers the last three games. And they're just, they're just improving. Now, look, matching those numbers against Florida on Saturday are probably going to be tough. Um, and also matching Florida's scoring potential is going to be really hard. There's a reason Arkansas is a big underdog in this game. But they feel good that Felipe um, will give them a chance to move the ball and score some points down there.
0: Yeah, and let's let's talk a little bit about their defense, which they've got at lead the SEC in interceptions. You mentioned the takeaways, but they do allow rushing yards, and I wonder if Florida's going to, you know, try to attack that way. But that, as you know, that's not the way Florida plays. Florida's throwing the ball all over the place.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how much uh, zone versus man Florida has gone up against, but whatever whatever it has been, you know, they've taken advantage. I mean, I've seen some of the games. It seems like every one of them has been somewhat of a shootout. You know, I thought without the tip ball, touchdown Florida, uh, the A&M got late in the game, you know, they'd be undefeated uh, without that play in my view. Uh, but, yeah, they've been a little bit vulnerable against the run. They really held down the Mississippi State and Ole Miss passing, but Kellen Mond got great protection and just picked them apart. It didn't matter what they were in. Uh, they, they did a great job at finding the holes in the zone, and I suspect that Dan Mullen, when they needed to go to the air, um, if it's against the drop eight concept, that they'll find ways to, to get their tight ends, whether it's Kyle Pitts or the other guys, into some spaces and, and really make them defend both, run and pass. and um, It's just going to be a tough defend for the Razorbacks, no question.
0: Yeah, before I let you go, uh, I just wanted to ask you quickly about special teams because obviously Florida's got a, a really good place kicker. I think one of the best in the country. And I don't know where where Arkansas is place kicking, punting, returning game. I, I really didn't study that, so I'll, I'll take mm-hmm. the I'll cheat and just ask you, and you can tell me <laughs> what kind of special teams they have.
1: I'll do that. They they've been uh, they've had some disasters in the punt game. They had one block – uh, against Auburn for a touchdown. They had another blocked in uh, one of the other, a uh, Georgia game. So the first two, two of the first three games, they had punts blocked. Um, Georgia cast it in with a touchdown during their kind of takeover part of the third quarter. Uh, they've gotten the, the punt protect solidified, it seems, for now. Um, they really had not had, they had had one kickoff return and one punt return up until last week. And they got one of both, a 26-yard kick return by Davion Warren, one of their kind of their new stars. And then uh, Traylon Burks had a four-yard punt return. But So not much return game. Their kickoff, their kickoff guy, every kick was a – his name is Vito Calvaruso. All touchbacks last week, so his numbers are improving there. Uh, A.J. Reed, the former Duke kicker, is, is now their main kicker. And he missed a – chip shot, 21-yarder in the first half against Tennessee, which is why they were scoreless at halftime. But he did make a 48-yarder in the second half that extended the lead from 8 to 11 and gave them some breathing room. So uh, he was 0 for 3 on kicks of 34 yards or longer until he made that one. (laughs) So it just kind of hit and miss with him. And their punt game, even though their punting average is up – their, their net punting is still very depressed. They've given up some returns um, and had some short punts. So so I gave them a D on my midseason uh, report simply because there had not been much returns and the punt game was a little down. So they're, they're not blowing people away yet.
0: Interesting. Thanks so much, Tom. We appreciate your time. Tom Murphy, who does a great job covering Arkansas football. We will be back with more of the Duly Noted podcast after this break okay, I want to thank Tom Murphy for coming on. Uh, appreciate his time, and uh, I do appreciate all the guests that we have on the podcast for taking the time to to do it i mean it's sometimes we got to move around our our window to to interview him because um they, they've got things going. You know, Tom Luganville was on earlier this week and he had a, a conference call. And we had to do it earlier. But I do appreciate everybody for going on. And it's one reason that when people call me, I always say, yeah, I'll go on. You know, I've been on 100 radio shows in the last three weeks, it seems like. But I always say yes because I want them to say yes back. But we appreciate them for doing it. Um, we are. Um, like I talked before about seeing the finish line. The finish line's very foggy out there. And it got foggier this week because of what happened with all these games in the SEC being postponed. We still don't know how it's all going to shake out in terms of when what they're going how the schedule's going to look. I know there's been a lot of people suggesting. I thought Greg Sankey's best line was, I don't schedule based on Twitter. Yeah, and I get that. Um, but we all have suggestions. We all, like I believe that, Alabama LSU is more important than Florida LSU because it's a divisional game, and I, I. But I don't think it's. I would hope that Florida and Alabama either both play the week before the championship game, or don't. Both don't play. Both not playing. I can't see because you've got all these games that are going to get postponed. We still don't know how many games are going to be played um, in this conference. Nobody knows because. Of, of what's going on, you know, uh, you got schools shutting it down, shutting down practice. Can't do that. You're, I think Auburn's right where Florida was—two straight games being shut down. I don't think they've they've had to to uh, close everything as much as uh, Florida had to during its stretch. And Florida came out of it really good, uh, surprisingly good. I, I give those players and those coaches credit. You shut down your team for two weeks. We can't do anything except Zoom calls and you come back the next week and win and then the next week and win the biggest game of the year. I give them credit for that. But we just don't know what it's going to look like. There has there was talk and people, again, are, are pushing this 18 playoff or 16 playoff theory. Look, I want it as much as you do. I want to see more games that matter and I get it. It's just not going to happen. You know, Sankey said – Uh, Wednesday he said, look, we can't we don't even know if we can get the four games in or the four teams and the three games in, let alone adding more to it. So you're not gonna see the even though I know a lot of us wanna see it, it's just not gonna happen. Let it go. But if you the one thing is the more you push for it, the more likely it is down the road we're gonna see it. And we all know we're gonna see an eighteen or a sixteen playoff at some point. We all know it's gonna happen. And I I will say this. I think everything is still possible. Everything is still on the table. I don't think we'll see that, but you never know. For example, I don't know how many games. You could at some point have the SEC go, "Hey, look. We are going to we're going to redo the schedule again. Let's say after this weekend. We're going to redo it again and we're going to leave more open dates open, but we're going to have an 8 team. We're going to go back to 8 conference Games you could see that or nine conference games I mean there is nothing that is impossible scheduling wise um, it's just the way it is it is a weird year as we know and hopefully everybody can have a what they would consider a full season I mean full seasons are out of, out the window already don't forget I know that the ten game SEC season is exciting and it's been fun. Well, usually you play 12 games. We don't even know if they're going to play 10. I, I kind of doubt that we're going to see that. The SEC put two open dates in to for this reason, and this is why they started when they started, and it was really smart thinking. But even with that, I don't know that they're going to get there to 10 games. You know, obviously – the Big Ten's got all these issues. You know, Ohio State-Maryland got canceled this week. Uh, we don't know where everything is going to head with them. The Pac-12's got uh, their own issues. They may only play in four or five games. Um, it is what it is. 2020, that's that's Dan Mullen's favorite saying. 2020, it is what it is. But it that's, you know, we just have to wait and see. We'll see what they decide to do. Um. Sankey had the great quote, I'm shaken but not deterred. Uh, He went James Bond on us. Uh, And I I know their goal is still to have an an SEC championship game and a college football playoff. Does it mean everybody's going to play the same number of games? Does it mean everybody in the conference is going to play the same number of games? No. There's no guarantees of anything. Um, I did want to uh, send my – Thoughts And prayers to the family of John Schlauman, who uh, passed away, the Kentucky offensive line coach. He'd been battling cancer. We've seen a lot of video. We've seen, you know, they gave him the, the game ball a, a few weeks ago. Um, just depressing, just sad. It's it's when you kind of realize, eh, you know, there are way more important things than actually just the score of football games. Football is a distraction. That's not a forget that. It's a great and wonderful and the best distraction there is. I love it. I love how college football has taken my attention away from a lot of things in my life. You know, I was ill for a while there. Wasn't was not pleasant doing, you know, thing other things going on in my life, but college football takes takes me away. Saturday night after the game, after I get done with all my writing, just sitting there watching that Clemson Notre Dame game, not thinking about anything else. That's all you're thinking about. So we all have to kind of realize that there are more, way more important things in life, and certainly in death. And that is a a, a real shame. It's a real, it's a sad, sad story, and I feel bad about it. All right, so let's get to the spreads. I don't want to bring everybody down here. I'm sorry. Um as we go forward. And again, uh, you know, we talked about how Felipe may be the best quarterback Florida is going to face the rest of the regular season. Uh LSU saying, you know, Ed Ogeron, I was on the conference call with him and he's they they may just go ahead and have surgery for whatever abdominable abdominal issue that Miles Brennan has and shut him down for the year. So again, I I, I don't think there's much question that Felipe is the best quarterback Florida is going to see the rest of the way. And they really haven't played against a lot of good ones when you think about it. The, the league is – look, the league has Kyle Trask. The league has Mac Jones. The league has Matt Corral, who's really good. That may be the list of, of really good quarterbacks in this league. It's not a great uh, – well, Kellen Mond, yes. Kellen Mond is having a, a great year, although he still has those inconsistent moments. Okay, I'll give you four. Four guys that are pretty good. I'm not giving you bone necks please. That ain't happening. All right, so let's look at some of the spreads before we get to three things. Florida, 17-and-a-half point favorite. I always get a little nervous about those. But I think it's, just, again, the scars that are on Pat Dooley. I go back to 06 when, and to uh, 0, uh, 01. When Auburn beat Florida as huge underdogs, 17, 18 point underdogs, I think I'm right on those numbers. Um, so you know, when you see the spread being a little bit bigger than you thought it would be, then you kind of get a little worried about it. And you know, there, I'm sure Barry Odom's going to tell his team, you know. And and uh, one thing Sam Pittman said is, look, I know Barry Odom's going to nail. The pregame speech. He's going to do great. I'm not giving it. He goes, I'm going to talk to the team Friday night, and that's it. I'm shutting it down. Um, he's living in a little house out behind his house with his dog. Isolation. Um, so Florida's 17 and a half point favorite. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't bet on Florida. I think it's too many points to give up, but that's me. Uh, Kentucky, a 17 point favorite over Vandy. The game's at Kentucky. Vandy hung in there with Mississippi State. I told you guys last week the, the lock bet was Mississippi State giving 19 to Vandy. Um, and the over-under, I thought the under would, would win as well. Uh, I was right on those regards. Uh, I But, again, Kentucky to get up 17 seems almost impossible. Uh, but may, I think they'll play at a high level for their coach who passed away. NC State is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over FSU. Now, NC State, watching them against Miami, they were the worst defensive backs I've ever seen in my life. It was unbelievable. Their whole plan was we're going to go man-to-man and play press coverage, and Miami said, okay, then we'll throw it deep the whole game, and De'Ara King was very good. I will say this, though, about De'Ara King. And, and look, he's really good player. But people talking about him as a Heisman candidate. And I'm like – I so I looked it up the other day. And the teams that they have beaten are eighteen and twenty-four. They played one team with a four and three record. Everybody else is five hundred or worse. So you got to take all that in consideration when you're talking about the Heisman. He's good. I think they have a really good team. I I hope Flor. I wouldn't want Florida to play them a bowl game because I think they're good enough, and the the animosity you know might be enough for them to win the game. I don't. I I wouldn't want that. But they're because they're a pretty good team. They're not a great team. They're not that next level team. I'm about to find out where their Florida is. I, th- I found out a little bit more about Florida. Obviously, Saturday, I think as Florida goes forward, we'll see. You know, they have to win those games. Um, the NC State. All right, so Notre Dame is a 13 point favorite at Boston College. I I, I think Notre Dame ha- will get the message about not doing what happened in 93. Miami, two-point favorite of Virginia Tech. That ought to be a good game. Virginia Tech may have that hangover, though, that Liberty hangover. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Um, Wisconsin, four-point favorite over Michigan. I'm telling you, Michigan's going to win this game. I don't think Wisconsin, with with the time they've had off, I don't think they're going to respond the same way Florida did, and we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I cannot imagine Michigan going to one and three. Ole Miss... Eleven point favorite over uh, South Carolina it was seven. It, it's gone up. It, the games at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to boat race them. Uh, I think South Carolina maybe have may may have given up. We'll see. And it's funny because that's what Lane Kiffin said. He said, "I think a lot of guys, a lot of teams don't want to play." I think he's speaking specifically about LSU, though. And Oregon, a ten-point favorite over Washington State uh, at Washington State, uh, that that should be a good one too. There's not a lot on the schedule, obviously, because a lot has gotten canceled. Let's go to three things quickly because we got to get to uh, we got to get out of here. It's time for three things. All right, number one, game day from Augusta is either going to be the coolest thing ever or the dumbest thing ever. That's what I've decided. Um, Florida, I mean, being on on the par three course at Augusta is going to be kind of cool. It's going to be beautiful. Obviously, no fans are going to be there. But does it really relevant to the college football scene? I know the Masters is being played in November, and I get it, but I think it was was one thing when they were going to lead from that. Then here's the Masters. Then there's LSU Alabama. Now it's going to feel like you could be anywhere. Yeah, well, why are you? At, why are you at Augusta? I'm looking forward to it. I, I again, I don't watch the pregame shows very often. I feel like by the time I get to Saturday, I pretty much have digested everything I need to know. So, uh, but I may watch a little bit of this just to see the beauty of Augusta. I love Augusta, and look forward to the um, look forward to the Masters. In fact, I can't wait to get home today and watch it. Uh, number two, uh, for, for Gannett, we did a uh, an, had an SEC virtual media day, and I picked uh, uh, Keontae Johnson was the one member I put on the All-SEC team. For ba- we're talking about basketball, I'm sorry. But obviously there's a lot going on with basketball. Uh, you've, you've seen a bunch of teams have to stop again. Seton Hall stopped, Minnesota stopped. We've seen a game postponed, Miami Stetson. Uh, we don't know where basketball is and, and whether they're in any better shape than football. Um, I think Florida is going to have a really good team, but I don't know who they're going to play and when they're going to play them. Uh, the SEC is loaded. They've recruited. Everybody in this conference seems to have recruited well. You look at the top recruits in the country, and it's so many of them are from the SEC. Kentucky is loaded up again with an, another brand-new team. We don't know if it's going to be a problem because they don't. You know Kentucky always starts slow and then then peaks at the end. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's just going to be it's it's not going to be any easier than it has been with um, with football. It just isn't. Uh, finally, um, Trevor Bauer won the um, Cy Young Award, and all I want to say to Trevor is please come to Atlanta. I would like to see you. Look, you have caused me trouble when you pitched against the Gators at the College World Series, when you pitched against the Braves, Braves won that game but it thir- took 13 innings. Uh, you're really good. Come on to Atlanta. We've got room for you. You, Freed, uh, Soroka, I like that rotation. Kyle Wright, I like it. I like it a lot. It's got, it'll has got. it get me fired up for baseball season. All right, that's going to do it for our da- Duly Noted Podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening. As always, we'll be back Tuesday and tell you what we thought of the Florida Arkansas game. Till then, Pat Dooley, sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here.